when you don't know what to do, the most appropriate thing to do is to stand still and uh, trust and watch the Lord come through. In times like these, and in a world that is constantly on the move, our world is constantly turning. We live in an age of the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week news cycle, where it seems as though information is constantly coming in and pouring in, and it would just do us some good to follow the direction of our worship leaders this morning and learn to stand still and trust and watch God come through. Amen. In fact, the Lord has already given us that instruction from his word, hasn't he? Be still and know. In spite of all of the twists and turns and the ups and downs, the ins and outs of life, be still. How many of you had parents like mine and got tired of our squirming and worming around? <laughs> and every now and then they would just have to say what? Be still. <laughs> and that's the way the Lord has to sometimes do you and I. Be still and watch, trust, watch him show up and come through. On our behalf, so great to be with you this morning. I am so blessed and privileged and highly favored. I speak for my wife and my daughter and I uh, who are joining me this morning. So thankful and grateful to have them uh, with me. Keeping my daughter at work, she is my armor bearer. And uh, so uh, I've been keeping her busy already this morning, so thankful and grateful. And it's been a while since my wife has been able to be uh, here in service, in person with you all. And I know I can speak for her. Of course, you'll be able to speak with her after the worship experience. And she will tell you for herself uh, just how thankful and grateful she is to be here with all of the saints this morning and to be back in this house of the Lord on today. She's had a challenging last few years. Uh, I think a total of about four surgeries, four to five surgeries altogether. And uh, there were just many Sunday mornings when she wanted to be uh, with us in person um, and just was not physically able uh, to be with us. And she would always watch online. And by the way, to all of our online worshipers, we thank God for each and every one of you for logging on and being with us in worship this morning. Um, but I am expressly excited, and I know she's glad to be able to be back in the, this house of the Lord one more time. I want to share with you from this thought this morning. Hope as one year ends and another begins. Hope as one year ends and Lord willing, and as some of the older folks used to say in the creek don't rise, a new year will begin. With the Lord's aid, with his guidance, and with the support of the precious spirit of God, I would like for you and I to consider this morning 
uh, textually. I will share the text, the scriptural text here in just a moment, but I want to ask that you will join me in earnestly considering um, a particular type of scripture this morning, a benediction, a benediction, as we will be momentarily, by God's grace, in just a few hours, bringing the, to a close one year and entering into another year, I wish for you and I for the next few hours to consider a particular benediction that I believe is the Lord's word for you and I as one year ends and a new year will begin. A benediction, for those of you who may not know specifically, exactly what a benediction is. A benediction is an utterance of good wishes. Benedictions are blessings pronounced over the people of the Lord. They are not merely formal, authoritative, rhetorical decisions, opinions, and statements. Benedictions bring back to our individual and our collective memories what God is able to do. Now, I want to encourage you this morning and remind those of you who may have forgotten, enlighten those of you who may not know, worshiping with us in person, and those of you worshiping with us online, our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. How many of you have been the recipients of the blessings and the favor of a God this year who did more than you could ever imagine? Our God is able. We don't serve a weak, uh, mamsy-pamsy, defenseless, emaciated God. But the God we serve, the God of the church of God, is a God who is always on time, though he may not show up when we need him or want him. <laughs> but he's always on time, and he's always surprising us. He's always blowing our minds. He, he's always filling us with fresh faith because he does what we never thought he could do. He's worthy to be praised this morning. And benedictions remind us of what God is able to do. Benedictions serve to remind us of what God is doing. I wanted you to be encouraged this morning. God is doing some things, though we may not see his handiwork, trust and believe God is actively present and moving by his spirit this morning. How many of you believe that this morning, that not only is God able to move, but that God is presently moving? I don't know if any of you were like me. I don't know how many of you participated in the dramatic arts when you were um, in high school. I, I was a thespian, a thespian uh, in high school. I was a part of 
several productions. And, and, and what was so interesting about being a part of, of a play, a theatrical production, is that, is that for the audience, the audience never sees what's happening b- backstage. The audience only sees the actors and the actresses uh, uh, working through and walking out and presenting a presentation. And it looks so smooth. It looks, if it's done well, if it's produced right, it, it looks so, so easy. To, to, that it comes off to the, to the audience's eye as just this production that is just free-flowing and everything is going well. But if you've ever been backstage... If you've ever been in the choir room, <laughs> there's chaos, there's wrong notes, there's, there's redirection, there's let's start all over again, there's power in prayer. <laughs> and that's the way it is with life. Though we may not see God actively moving sometimes, know and trust and believe behind the scenes of your life. He's moving. And benedictions serve to remind us that God is able, that God is doing some things right now. Here it is. And benedictions serve to remind us of what God is going to do. Oh, we walk by faith and not by sight. Believing and trusting in what God is going to do. How many of you are believing for God to do some things in this new year ahead? Amen. Amen. Come on. How many of us need God to do some things in the days and in the weeks and by his grace in the years ahead? Trust and believe this morning, though it may not seem like it, though it may not feel like it, though it may not look like it. Just keep holding on to God's unchanging hand because he's going to do some things, my goodness. Whenever a benediction is spoken, we are to receive the benediction with an open heart and with an unbiased mind. And by doing so, we are declaring, we are decreeing that we are open to experiencing and enjoying the extension of the favor and the goodness of the Lord in our lives. How many of us can say that the Lord has been good this year? Times have not always been good. Situations may not have always been good. We may not always felt good, but how many of us can testify this morning that God has always been good? Though it seems as though things might have been slipping from out from under our own control, though, though there had been times this year when it seemed as though um, our power had been used up and had been expleted and had been expeditiously, uh, ceremoniously uh, destroyed, damaged, depleted, withdrawn. But God, even through all of those moments, was still good. In fact, I would dare to say 
that not only in 2023 has God been good, I would dare suggest that God has been better than good. Oh, he has been faithful. Faithful. Faithful to me. Faithful to you. Though many times we could not see, he has been faithful. The vocalization, the vociferation of blessing known as benediction has always been an indispensable, integral, and important aspect of faith living even from the very beginning. I suggest that even after surveying all that he created, our Lord's decision and satisfaction that what he had created was good, when he makes that statement, it was in fact the first benediction, a blessing of sorts. When he surveys that all he had made, he, the Lord pronounces a benediction. He pronounces blessing and he says, what I have created, this is good. In Old Testament antiquity, the responsibility of discharging the benediction blessing was assigned to the Aaronite priests. They would wash their hands during the worship experience, then they would lift those clean hands and they would impart what has, been come, what has come to be known as the priestly benediction. Here it is, the Aaronite priests in Old Testament times, they would, they would pray this prayer, they would pronounce this benediction, they would make this proclamation, the Lord bless you and Keep you. The Lord make his face, preacher, to shine on you. And listen, be gracious to you. With lifted hands, they would, they would say, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have we not been the recipients of the Lord's blessing? Can we not say that we are yet in this sanctuary this morning because the Lord has kept us? You know, when there's things in your house that you don't want, what do you do? You throw it away. But the things that are most precious to you, the things that are most valuable to you, the things that, that, uh, that, that mean and matter the most to you, what do you do with those things? You don't discard them, you keep them. And I want to suggest to you this morning, not because you are so educated, not because you are so sophisticated, but you are here only because the Lord says 
He is indispensable. She is valuable. They mean so much to me. I'm going to keep them alive this year because I love them and I want them to experience my favor. Thank God the Lord has kept us. He did not throw us away. And hasn't the Lord made his face to shine on you? You ever just stepped out into the sunshine? Come on, how many of you have ever, have ever been in, a, uh, in an overcast place or a dark space and place and then you, you, you enter into the sunshine? Doesn't it feel good to have the warmth of the sun shine on your face? And all year long, when we found ourselves in spiritual darkness and emotional cloudiness, uh, living underneath the cloud of pain and sickness, disease and death, doesn't it feel good this morning just to feel the light of the Lord shining? Amen. Made his face to shine on us. And he's been gracious towards us. Isn't it something about the amazing grace of God? Where are the perfect saints this morning? Would you, would you raise your hand? Where are all of the believers who've never made a mistake? Would you, would you be so kind enough to lift your hands? We want to pray the enemy out of your life this morning. <laughs> All we like sheep have done what? We've gone astray. And it's only the amazing grace of God. Jesus, our, he's not a bad shepherd. He's a good shepherd. Caring enough for little old you, little old me, that when we have gone astray, he, he stopped what he was doing and he stopped running the world and he, he was gracious towards us. Amen. Here's what I like. Brother Justin, would you come here for just a moment? Come on, Brother Justin, be gracious unto me. Here's what I like. Brother Jason, you turn that way. Just face this direction. Have you ever been in a place, in a space, and you see someone you know, and you call on them in an effort to get their attention, and you run the risk because you're not sure, but you think you're sure, but you're not sure, but you think you're sure, but you're just not sure, but you think you're sure that if I call their name, they would first of all hear me and then turn around and recognize me. Uh, Brother Justin, brother, is that Brother Justin? His name is Justin then. <laughs> hey, my brother, how are you, sir? Justin makes a good Jesus, doesn't he? <laughs> when we've called on the name of the Lord, doesn't it feel good for him to, to turn his face towards us? 
to look on us. And, and the Lord doesn't look on us and scowl and scowl in anger, but with a gentle smile on his face. He makes a good-looking Lord, doesn't he? He turns his face towards us. He gets bashful. He gets shy. And he walks away. No. But do you get the point there? Thank you, Brother Jason. Isn't it, doesn't it feel good to... Justin, Jesus, Lord. Doesn't it feel good to know that when we call on the Lord, he turns his face towards us? And he recognizes us. And he doesn't look at us and then turn or walk away like Brother Justin just did. But he turns toward us with open arms. Hasn't the Lord done that all this year? In some way, shape, or form, he's, he's turned his face toward us when everyone else turned away. When others pretended not to hear our call. Not so with the Lord. And yet as necessary and needed as that particular benediction is for times like these, that is not the priestly orison, that is not the priestly benediction that I feel compelled to both examine with you this morning and to discharge to you. The benediction that I feel is most needed for you and I this morning to examine. I earnestly believe and I am earnestly convinced that the benediction we are going to examine this morning, I believe it will inspire godly hope from within our hearts as this year ends and a new year, by God's grace, will begin. Let me invite you to Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thank you, Brother Justin. I hope you're not upset with me. You're okay. All right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I want to provide, as you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, let me... Indulge me, if you will, as I provide some historical, textual, geographical context to this pericope that is the passage that will make up the vast majority of the next several hours that I have left. Thessalonica is a Greek city visited by Paul. It's one of, Paul was one of Jesus' great apostles during his second missionary journey. This apostle, Paul, he visited this city, Thessalonica. Thessalonica still exists in Greece today. The apostle Paul is led to visit this city, Thessalonica, Because it was his commission. It was the fulfillment of Christ's commission. It, it was his assignment to advance, promote, and spread the gospel of Jesus. And he arrives in Thessalonica, this port city, 
which is situationally and strategically placed in the middle of two very prominent trade routes. Thessalonica's economic, its political, and its cultural impact was inestimable. It was invaluable. Its position in the world, its, its geographical location was priceless. And because of its cultural diversity, many Greeks and those from a considerably large number, wide variety of ethnic backgrounds and makeups, they all lived in, uh, in this city, Thessalonica, doing business, trade, industry, shipping. And their lives were impacted by Paul's visitation and his spiritual impartation to those who made up its citizenry. The challenge was that just as surely as night follows day, after Paul founds and establishes a church of God in Thessalonica, false teachers began to filter through the believers in Thessalonica. I want to warn us and encourage us, we have to stand on spiritual guard this morning that, that spiritual, uh, spiritual thieves and, and those who would seek to do damage to our church, that, that we stand guard, spiritual guard, and be careful and watch out for, for the infiltration of infidels into our church. We've got to stand on the word of God this morning. We've got to hold to God's unchanging hand this morning. Amen. We cannot allow spiritual false teachers to begin to filter through the Licking County Church of God. The infiltration of these false teachers was not a welcome one. It, it was, in fact, an insidious nuisance diabolically designed to damage and destroy and desecrate the church. Confusion and disillusionment pertaining to the return of Christ started to pop up and boil up in the church. Waning commitment and engagement to living and leading and loving like Jesus began to filter through the church. Moral ineptitude and moral laxity and what amounted to fleeting faithfulness to the Lord began to seep its way into the hearts and the minds of those who made up the church of God in Thessalonica. Just as, if we are not careful, moral laxity, moral ineptitude, waning commitment and engagement to living and leading and loving like Jesus Spiritual and moral confusion and disillusionment in 2024, if we are not careful, will seep into our hearts and our church. And so after having established the church and, and left the city of Thessalonica to continue being led of the Spirit and establishing churches in other places and spaces, the Apostle Paul has been credited as the chief author of the two impactful missives or letters that were written to the saints. And we know them today as 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. 
So that just gives us some, some context. Who Paul was writing to, how their lives and the situations and the times in which they lived in that city mirror the times and the scenarios and the situations that you and I face here in Newark and in Columbus and in cities all over this world. We arrive at chapter 3. Um, Paul is expressing, because again, he's now left Thessalonica. He's writing, uh, spiritual scholars believe, from Corinth, which is where we get the letter to the Corinthians. He's writing from Corinth, thinking back, remembering the, the labor, the intense uh, struggle, the burden that, that it was to establish the church in Thessalonica. And, and we, uh, we insert ourselves in chapter 3 where Paul is ruminating, he's reminiscing, he's, he's recounting how much he, he loves and, and misses and appreciates the saints. And in verse 1 of chapter 3, here's what he says. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, chapter 3, verse 1, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone, verse 2, and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you Concerning your faith. Paul says, I've loved and I've labored with you. I, I miss you all. We're getting ready to come to the close of another year and I long to see your faces. I, I want to encourage and remind us this morning uh, that there can be no substitute for godly fellowship and relationship. As we are ending one year and another year is getting ready to begin by God's grace, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And when we come together in 2024 by God's grace, let our coming together be ruled by our love, not just for the Lord, but our love for one another. Dr. Tony Evans made a statement. He said, our world may be high tech, but we need high help and a high touch from the Lord. There, there is no substitute. Texting is no substitute for genuine loving and living in community with one another. Don't get it twisted. We, we're not hating on our, our online worshipers this morning, but there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord and the saints coming together, hearts and minds on one accord, Loving on and living with one another in godly unity and fellowship. Paul did not send the text, he sent Timothy. Paul did not send a tweet when he wanted to find out how the believers at Thessalonica were getting along and how they were handling all of the adversity. 
uh, that they had to, 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 to navigate. Uh, they were perhaps looking for a new pastor because their, their founding pastor, Pastor Paul, had had to depart. He, he went away, and here's this church caught in the middle of, of having a pastor and not having a pastor, um, and, and in, in the face of challenges that were threatening to eat the church alive. He says, listen, I miss you all. I love you all. And I'm going to check on y'all by sending you Timothy. And he sent Timothy to be a comfort to the church. That word comfort in Greek is parakleo. And it shares the root with the word, with the noun rather, parakletos. And that word parakletos in its Greek form means counselor. Just as the Holy Spirit was sent to you and I to be a parakletos, a counselor, a helper. Yes, we need help from the Holy Spirit, but guess what, brothers and sisters, as we go into this new year, we need each other to help each other. Look at verse 3. He says, I'm sending Timothy to you in verse 2. And in verse 3, he says, here's why I'm sending him, that no man should be moved by the afflictions that you face. For you yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Paul is saying to the believers, listen, I'm sending Timothy to comfort you, to support you, to check on you, to see how you're doing as you transition from having me as your pastor to right now perhaps having no one really to oversee, to provide oversight as a senior leader for you. And I don't want you to be moved by the afflictions that are a part of being believers in the world in which we live. This year, hasn't the Lord led you through seasons of affliction? This year, hasn't God stuck with you through seasons of distress and grief? When our souls longed for relief? Think about it. This morning, can't you recall times when the Lord has been a paracleo or a paracletos? He's, he's been a, a comforter, a counselor through seasons of loss and calamity. Who will testify as we get ready to transition into 2024 that all year long the Lord has, he has been a counselor. He has used the saints to be counselors to help me through my pain and my misery, my financial challenges, my emotional challenges, my parental challenges, my marital challenges, my, 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 my political challenges. Hasn't the Lord been that for us, leading us and leading us not just in afflictions and leaving us there. But the Lord has led us through the afflictions. It, it is not, yea, though I get stuck in the valley. But it's as I get ready to go into another year, 
Yea, the Lord has helped us to walk through. In Licking County Church of God, I believe I've been sent here this morning to tell you don't allow affliction to move you. I believe there's a married couple here. I've been sent to remind you that afflictions will come in your marriage, but don't allow the afflictions to move you. There's a teenager, there's a young adult here. I don't know who you are specifically. But as we transition into a new year, affliction will come, challenges will come, temptation will come, bullies will come. But don't allow those people or those things to move you. Oh, the enemy would love to move us as a congregation into discord and arguing and fighting and fussing and some of y'all cussing in your minds. Oh, the enemy would love to destroy your marriage. He would love to destroy your children. Many of us believe that, that all is lost, that all hope is gone. He strung out again. She went... Oh, she, she left yesterday and I haven't seen her in five days. It's over. The enemy would love for you to get a doctor's report in 2024 and you seriously contemplate suicide. But my brothers and my sisters, don't let any of those things move you. Come here, senior citizen. Come here, senior saint. Don't be tempted into believing that the enemy's still not after your soul. Oh, the enemy would love to get a hold of one of our seniors, if not all of our seniors, and, and, and cause them to, after all of these years of faithfully serving the Lord, to turn away in your older age. Don't let anything move you. Paul says, I'm sending Timothy to check on you because I love you and I miss you and I care about you and we're getting ready to go into another year and I've got to make sure, saints, that nothing is moving you. Verse 4, for verily, when we were with you, when I was with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass, and ye know, verse 5, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent, I, I sent Timothy to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. I, I want to encourage you, as we, by God's grace, transition into another year, J.J., listen, don't let the prayers of the saints be in vain. I want to encourage all of the believers, all of you here in, in this sanctuary, all of you who are worshiping online. Listen, there have been saints who, are, who have gone now. They, they rest, they sleep, they, they are resting from their labors. They are yet awaiting the return of the Lord and they prayed and they, they fasted. 
Some mother prayed and fasted. Some father prayed and fasted for you. Some saint uh, spent time turning their plate down and sacrificing, uh, uh, engaging in the spiritual discipline of fasting so that you could stand strong in the face of challenge and trial, temptation and affliction. Don't let their labor be in vain. pew you sit on was bought and sold by some saint of old sweat and tear and pain and affliction and condemnation for being a Christian. The seat you sit on was bought and paid for by a saint who was, who was, who was almost martyred here in Newark because they, they dared to stand on God's word so that you could sit and hear the word. Don't let the labor of the saints, whether you like some of them or not, whether you agreed with them all the time or not, Paul is saying, listen, I, I got to find out how you're doing because I don't want our labor to have been in vain. And I want to encourage you as we go into a new year, hold on to God. Don't let the labor of saints of old have been in vain. Verse 6. But now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye did have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you, Verse 7, therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all of our affliction and distress by your faith. Verse 8, verse 8, for now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Here it is. Paul is saying to the believers in Thessalonica, Paul is saying to you and I here in Licking County, your faithfulness will keep us from falling. Oh, I want to encourage you, 2023, uh, uh, our movement into 2024 is not all about you. Oh, someone needs you to stay in faith because your staying in faith will help them to stay in faith. This new year is not all about what you can get out of it. It's actually what someone's going to be blessed and get out of it because of your faithfulness. All right, now you all sat smugly as I, without any announcement, used Brother Justin. Now I'm going to insert you into this teaching time. I want you to look around. Look around this sanctuary. Come on. Now, physically, there's no way you can keep looking at me, <laughs> which some of you are, and actually be looking around the sanctuary. I want you to look around the sanctuary. person to your left, the person to your right needs you in this new year to stay saved. 
Because when you stay saved, guess what? They're going to stay saved. Paul says it to the believers. He says in verse 8, for now we can live. We can have life, y'all, because we hear, we have found out, we got a report that you all are standing fast in the Lord. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. You might have looked at a Democrat. You might have looked to your right. There's a Republican. You might have looked up in the audience in the balcony. There's an independent. But guess what? I know you may not like it, but you need them to stay saved. <laughs> and they need you to stay saved. You might have looked into the face of someone who is not a part of your racial background or makeup or ethnic makeup, but guess what? They need you to stay saved. And you need them to stay saved. You might have looked at someone who is, who is 20, 30, 40 years your senior, but guess what? That senior citizen needs you, young adult, to stay saved. And young adult, that senior citizen needs you to stay saved. Look at verse 9. For what thanks can we render to God again for you? We ought to thank God for each other this year. There's not enough thanks we could give God for one another this year. But what thanks can we render to God again for you for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God? Verse 10, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face. As we go into this new year, I'm going to challenge you to commit to praying for one another like you've never prayed for each other before. Praying that Sunday in and Sunday out and Sunday night in and Sunday night out and Wednesday night in and Wednesday night out or whenever your, your midweek Bible fellowship may be, that I will see you again. I want to challenge us as we get ready to go into this new year. Let's put away our pleasing platitudes. Let's, let's stop with our, with our rote memorization, spiritual, super spiritual talk. Praise the Lord, brother. How are you? Doing well, brother. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I want us to really mean it and say it. I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. It's so good to see you. That's why we used to say praise the Lord. I didn't understand that until I was reading up on some Church of God history. That's the origin of why we say the saints, the older saints would always greet each other. Praise the Lord. They were saying, thank the Lord that I'm able to see you again. You're alive and you're well. Praise the Lord. And night and day, we've got to be praying for one another and, and travailing for one another's success and, and well-being and blessing, for our, for our neighbor's success and blessing and well-being, for, for lost souls to come back to faith day and night, night and day. Not only do we have angels watching over us, but we should be 
serving as God's earthly angels praying for one another. Pray for your enemy. I'm going to say something. It's his fault. I'll take it. He'll take it. Put your seatbelts on. Start the car. Don't desecrate the capital. Pray for your enemy. Don't kill law enforcement officers. If I can't do it because George Floyd was murdered, we can't do it because we may not agree with the outcome of an election. Two wrongs don't make a what? We have to do what? Pray. Not on one another, P-R-E-Y, but pray, P-R-A-Y, for those we disagree with. Night and day. Not plotting how we can destroy each other. Not plotting how we can damage each other's reputations. Not plotting on how I'm going to control the church and take over. But night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. All of us have something in our faith that needs improved upon. Whether it's love, whether it's freedom from certain addictions, whether it's freedom from ethnic, racial hatred, whether it's, whether it's a socioeconomic thing. You know, some of us have an issue with people who shop at Walmart and we feel like we're better because we shop at Kroger. I, I don't understand that, but hey, that's an area of your faith that needs perfection. Some of you are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. That's an area of your faith. <laughs> That needs what? Prayer and perfection. Lord knows. Don't cowboys need. <laughs> Pray for these referees that still gay. Okay, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Pray for your referees. <laughs> and your enemies. <laughs> Verse 11. Verse 11, verse 11, I'm almost done. Two more hours to go. Now, God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, we're praying that, that he will direct our way back to you. And then the apostle, he begins the benediction. And this is the benediction that I want us to earnestly Examine. Listen to what he says to these believers. Believers just like you and you and I. Believers 
in transition. Believers looking for leadership. Because every church should have a pastor. And Paul is concerned. Listen to what he says. As they were getting ready to close out an old year and go into a new year. Listen to what he says to the believers. He says, now, may the Lord make you to increase and abound how? In love, one toward another. In this year ahead, my prayer for all of us is that we will increase and not just have love, but the word is abound in love. One to war another. It, it is not, may the Lord make you to lie on one another and cheat on one another and steal from one another and demean one another and embarrass one another and get behind the scenes and work all kind of wicked machinations against one another. No, the word for 2024 is uh, may the Lord make you. Now, you don't want the Lord to have to make you, but guess what? The Lord will make you. What does the scripture say? It's a terrible thing, I'm paraphrasing, to be turned over into the hands of the Lord. Keep refusing to love one another, but the Lord is going to make you, if he has to, love each other. Keep fighting your parents if you want to. Keep fighting your children if you want to. But the Lord, if he has to, he'll make you love. I tremble as I consider the state of our nation. Look at what's happening between the Palestinians and Israelis. Look at what's happening with Ukrainians and Russians. Look at what's happening in Newark and Columbus and Pickerington and Dallas and Houston and Phoenix and, and Colorado and Maine. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was right. We will either learn to live in peace or we will have to rest in it. The word for 2024 is not and the Lord make your political platform to increase. Is the car started? <laughs> the word for 2024 is not may the Lord make your 
Your family increase over that family. That neighborhood increase over that other neighborhood. Uh, the word for 2024 is not may the rich keep getting richer and turning their back on folks who seem to keep getting poorer and poorer. The word is, and there's no restriction, political, racial, financial, it just says do what? Love one toward another and toward what kind of people? All men. Uh oh. Is the car started? <laughs> Tighten your seatbelts. All men. In fact, I'm not even going to go there. I just want you to think about. All the types of humans. Our church, the pews will be filled again when we extend love. All men. Ah, now hold on. Uh, do we love the sin? No. But we are to love the who? The sinner. Sinner. The word is not do we condone all the sin, accept all the sin, but the word is to do what? To, to show love, to extend love, let it increase and let it overflow toward what kind of men? All men. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have what? Towards who? One another. Y'all see Brother Stickle? Raise your hand, Brother Stickle. I'm pulling everybody in this teaching. You see Brother Stickle? Can you see him? Do you love him? Brother Stickle, don't worry. Not everybody said yes, but in their hearts. Son's getting upset. Well, how can you say you love God? Whom none of us have ever seen. And we won't love all men who we see every day. What a benediction. The priestly benediction. The pastor washes his hands, Pastor Paul, and he says, May the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men. Because it's easy to love the saints, but, but we need the Holy Spirit to love all men. See how he, see how the Holy Spirit said, Paul, you better, you got to add this, because what will happen is the saints will love one another, but they'll hate everybody else. So the Holy Spirit made him keep writing, have love toward one another and toward all men. Here it is, even as we do towards you. Verse 13, and I bid you a good day. You can go ahead and make your reservations at Watts. 
Go ahead. I give you permission. Just hold your phone down, though, when you do it. <laughs> Verse 13. To the end, that he may establish your hearts. This is what we need in 2024. We need stable hearts. We need to be a church that is rooted and grounded. Unblameable. Verse 13, in holiness before God, even our Father, as we await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Lord, help us this year with the final finite fleeting minutes that are left in this year. Help us. Work with us. Guide us as we transition into a new year. Help us to pray for each other unceasingly, unfailingly, unflinchingly. Help us to forgive one another. By the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, destroy the demonic, demon-driven, attitudes that would seek to drive a wedge within us as a congregation, that would seek to drive a wedge within our standing in this community, would seek to damage and denigrate and destroy our witness to the wider world. Help us in this new year to learn to love one another as you have loved us. Thank you for our Savior, our perfect Savior. who didn't just talk the talk, he, he walked the walk. And by precept and example, Jesus, our Savior, our Christ, he demonstrated what it means to love the world. So much so that he gave his life, thank you, Lord, for our Savior, whose birth we just Celebrated just a few short days ago. We thank you for sending Jesus our Christ. Amen. Help us in this new year coming in by your grace. Help us not to waste the work of the Savior here on earth. Let not his labor and the labor of saints gone by. Let that labor be in vain, Lord.
We need you. As we endeavor to look more like you, walk more like you, talk more like you, Lord, in every facet of our lives. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Lord. which leads us and guides us into all truth, correcting us, reproving us, improving us, convicting us, challenging us, even in this moment, to do better and to be better in 2024 than we were in 2023. Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to turn this service over to our leader. She's going to invite those of you who feel compelled to come to come to an altar prayer as our worship leaders lead us in a chorus. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. But let's not stop there. I pray that we'll increase and our love will abound one toward another.